0: You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work.
1: Hey everyone, it's Candace and Cher with Processing Trauma Out Loud. Cher and I are back to record another episode today, looking at what is our relationship with experiencing loss? Are we able to name it? And even more, Cher, we're going to talk about what does it mean to honor our losses? Our world has been rocked by something that is very rare and was very traumatic when we went through the pandemic. There were losses of every kind in every way, not to mention the most painful, the loss of so many lives. And you and I kind of talked about the different things that people possibly lost during the pandemic. So it's really talking about right now on, more on a macro level, on a global level. We just made a list of some of those things, and I, I'm going to read through a few. And then we're we're going to talk specifically today about some of the losses that we've experienced in our relationship with loss. Over the last few years, these are some of the things that we know people have experienced loss in. So the loss of routine, th- these may not seem like a big deal, but they actually were a very big deal. The loss of dreams, the loss of income, the loss of identity and community, friendships, connections, image, security, safety, status, love, and the list goes on and on. But we know there were so many losses. It's hard to talk about too. We
2: we want to typically not talk about the things that cause us pain. As we went through that season everyone was coping and everyone was striving for surviving and doing what was mandated and trying to do what felt like wisdom. It kind of ushered loss into our society in a way that we had never really known before. And talking about loss is hard. It's because there's a lot of pain there and it's personal and everyone experiences it differently to some degree or another. So I think this whole area of talking about loss is just, it's innate with being difficult.
1: Yeah. And I mentioned, we're going to talk a little bit about what is our relationship with loss? Because how we relate to loss and what grief looks like was developed through childhood. And so if you grew up in a home where, you know, let's just say you lost a dog and in that loss, you were seen, you were soothed, you felt safe, even even though it was hard and painful, you felt safe and you felt secure because you weren't alone in it. And, and there, there was a moving through, a processing through it and the permission to cry or to be angry and all the things that can come up when we've had a loss. But if you were raised in a home, that loss was something that we don't talk about, that we don't deal with. And and if, and if we try, you know, maybe something was said like, yeah, that's hard. We'll move on. At least we have blah, blah, blah. I'm curious what has your relationship developmentally been with loss and how are you doing with loss today
2: and even as you're naming some of those things I'm having a lot of a lot of things flashing through my my mind and my memory. And I grew up in a home where it's really interesting because there was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of abuse. There was a lot of neglect, emotional neglect, not physical neglect, really, but emotional neglect. But there was also a demand that everybody be happy. Expressing sadness really was not allowed. And I will say it was forbidden. And crying was really forbidden. I know so many of us heard this threat, but stop crying or I'll really give you something to cry about. I really will say that in my home, that felt really real. Like if, if you were told to stop crying, you stopped crying. And crying over a broken toy or a pet that died or or was killed or whatever it was that brought sadness really was and I'm going to use the word forbidden which feels very huge. but so I feel like I grew up not knowing how to process loss or grief at all and always just turning away from it, kind of closing the door, dissociating and moving on. yeah
1: I get I guess the I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you the next question how has that affected you as as an adult? Yeah. Grief still has been one of the
2: hardest things for me to connect
1: with, Mm -hmm. even
2: though I have been able to share several of my stories of harm and receive a lot of care grieving and now can even cry and, and and shed some tears over it. But but going deeper into grief has been very, very elusive, very hard for me to get there. And I, I and but I want to and I'm welcoming it and and I'm letting it take its its course. It's like I've learned you you cannot force grief. You cannot we cannot control the way that grief comes or doesn't. But I'm inviting it and I'm opening to it. But I've never been able to really experience grief. And I think I think you asked, how has this had an impact on my life? I will say I think it's had a big impact because Mm -hmm. when hard things happen, I have just easily turned away, dissociate, move on. That can be everything from anything that gets hard. It's been it's
1: easy to just move on. Yeah. and, And not look back. We talk about this in, in a lot of our episodes because it's such a, it makes a significant impact. And that is how our attachment style develops. When you encountered something where there was loss and it got minimized and shut down, that would be called avoidant. Yeah. We don't feel, you know, we have losses, but we don't feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And some experiences where maybe there's more anxiety and emotions are overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So lots of crying, mm-hmm. you know, lots of big feelings that feel fatal. It just makes me wonder, what does it look like? Put you on the spot here. What is a kind of a healthy scenario for a child that experiences some type of loss? Yeah,
2: I think it's the healthy scenario is something that we talk about all the time, that that child will be seen, that someone will move in and attune, that some adult, probably a a parent, That an adult will move in close, allow them to express their big emotions and then help them regulate those big emotions so that they're allowed to express, but that the big emotions don't overtake them, but that they also know that their big emotions aren't too much. So that kind of attunement, that kind of being seen and then, of course, being soothed where there's gentleness and compassion and care and understanding and physical presence that would embrace and and just bring soothing. Mm-hmm. And then letting that child know you are safe, you are safe and whatever that means for the situation. But a lot of times when there is loss, it can be a time when a child's sense of being safe is really threatened. And a loss in one area can cause a child to begin to really get anxious about, if I can lose that, Mm -hmm. I can lose other things. I think it's the four S's, being seen, being soothed, being safe,
1: being secure. One of my losses was the first move that we had after my parents' divorce. And I've shared about this before to some degree, but that loss of my Dad moves out of the home, and he was one of my safe spaces. and then i move I move into another home that is unpredictable. And with someone that really, I'll just name it was an angry drunk, an angry, perverted drunk, by the way, yeah. that level of loss for my little girl that was not seen, that yeah. was not soothed, and it really helps me understand, of course, her little body experienced so much stress yeah. and fear. You know, we were in a group the other day and, and I, I will just say somebody was sharing about the level of fear that they felt as a little. And my body got a little activated, like I was with her. Yeah. I know that level of fear. Mm-hmm that came from really a loss.
2: Yeah. And I'm glad you're naming this loss. And I feel like this is the honoring process. The truth is you knew safety. You knew that sense of being in a home, in a house where you felt safe. And then that, all of what that meant, having your dad there having a house that felt safe, all of that was lost. And you literally moved into a whole different scenario where life was just shaken. Huge losses there, just huge losses.
1: Well, and it also shaped my development of of what I do. So, So what happened there was loss felt so big and it doesn't matter. If you share it or how you get that out, it's just not going to be seen. So my loss came out sideways, Mm -hmm. right? My grief came out sideways. So instead of the scenario that you shared of being seen and soothed and feeling safe and secure I just took that grief and it came out sideways with anger and addictions through high school, especially with drinking. You had said, we've got to be able to name it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to
2: be able to name our losses and then and to be heard and to be seen and to receive care. I think we're talking here about the sense of loss that where you had something that then was lost. We also talked about another type of loss that is that sense of I see other people have this in their world and life, but I feel like I never had it or I never got it. And that kind of loss is a little bit different because it's not a loss of having known it, but it's a loss of knowing that it's available, but not available for you. And I think for me one of those areas it was the just the the strong desire that I always had for tenderness, especially tender. Mm -hmm physical touch and the 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 desire that I had for my mom to offer me tender physical touch. And yet it didn't come my way. I don't have memories of being held or being of, of having her hold my hand or, you know, anything like that. And yet I have very vivid memories of her holding my younger sisters and offering something to them that I wanted so much, but was not able to get from her and then sent me on this quest throughout my life to try to find it from any woman who I perceived as being a nurturing, motherly kind of person. I remember even as a very young child, six years old, seven years old, just leaning into other adults in the room that, that, that I perceived as being able to put their hand on my head or, or rub my arm or whatever. But just the loss of that That is something that I really don't remember ever having as a child. And yet I always wanted it so much.
1: And you always needed it so much. Yeah. It makes me think, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have. It's like somebody saying, well, that's a needy child. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well. It is a needy child, right and if a needy child is not getting what they need developmentally, not perfectly but consistently, at some point, hope does take a hit and And whether there's a ember of hope that stays or for some, they absolutely just quit looking. But you always maintain this little ember of hope. I know, yeah, I know loving affection is out there Mm -hmm. and not even just loving affection, but I mean, that's definitely part of it, Mm -hmm. but that someone can hold you. And,
2: and then, and then that's not to say that I didn't get taste of that, but then I had this soul that wasn't able to hold on to it. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's another loss in a way. Like I, I, I had the loss of the ability to hold on to goodness when it was offered. And it seemed like it it tasted so good or it felt so good for a moment, but then it was gone. And
1: then I was out looking again for more. Loss isn't necessarily fun to talk about, but one of the reasons why we're choosing to talk about it is because loss is actually not the end of the story. It's part of the story, always will be. Talking about loss, getting to feel it, getting to honor it within ourselves and maybe within a community is the thing that helps us know that we can still be okay, that our loss and our grief isn't something that has to be. Ran from, but can actually cause people to move towards us, and really that we can move towards ourselves mm. and honor, you know, whether that's through allowing our grief and our loss to come through us in a creative way. Mm. You know, I mean, my goodness, I think almost everything that has been created from an art picture to a book to an organization. I don't know. This feels like a big thing to say, but it almost seems like there's an origin somewhere where there was a loss of something and a desire that rose out of that. What do you you think about that?
2: Yeah, I think that is so true. And as you know, we're renovating a a 100-year-old house right now. And so I've been thinking a lot about this, of the loss of some of the old things and yet underneath there's there's this glory that is just being able to be restored. But I think I want to go back a little bit to the fact that the reason why naming our losses is so important and honoring our losses, which means talking about them and feeling them and allowing them to be seen, is because it ushers us then into the possibility of grieving. And we do not heal if we cannot grieve and grieving is so important. And so I want to just really emphasize that, that there's a process of grieving that is so important, and it might include tears. It can look any different way. don't want to say what it will look like, but is when we can name what our losses were, when we can begin to talk about them, when we can begin to go deeper into the feelings of sadness and sorrow and grief and and really grieve that then we can
1: begin to heal and move forward in a different way than we have been able to before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I believe that if we haven't historically been able to do that, I'll just go back to the idea that my grief came out sideways. My pain was coming out sideways. Maybe just getting to this point where it's kind of this thing like, I know I have stuff there and I know that if I don't deal with it, I won't heal. And so what you're saying is part of that will be to trust that your body mm. can hold grief. Trust that there are people that can hold you and trust that it, 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 it won't overtake you. I I heard a lady that I did a grief training with. She said, you know, something that people will say to her, if I start crying, I will never be able to stop. And she'll just move in close and say, I promise you will. And I know that fear. I, I felt
2: that so much through my life that if I if I could actually start, I don't know if I will ever stop. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally understand that. And I will say now I have been able to cry a lot. I don't yeah. cry long. I usually cry for just a short period. I'm moving into being able to ex- express my grief through tears and it it is very sweet. And because I'm able to do it
1: with others and in community, I'm not alone and that makes so much difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. I've had seasons in the last few years that I've you know, I'll I'll cry not all day, but through a day. It was just you know, and I think I've even said to you just having a weepy day. And then I've I've noticed maybe i'm noticing i'm getting irritated more or i'm losing my patience more or i don't know i have different ways of saying hmm i think i'm avoiding something yeah <laughs> and and i really need to slow down and i'll tell you when i do that i actually usually have tears come yeah it's a, it's a cleansing right it, it's cleansing all this stuff i'm trying to hold right Yeah. And and I don't know, I think it really gets me in touch with humanity Mm. and humility. Mm. And I will say divinity,
2: too. Yeah. I I think there is something very holy about when we are able to move into grief yeah. That um, we connect in different ways, and of course, you know, if you if you read the scriptures, particularly the the psalms, you know, where the psalmist just cries and cries and cries out their pain and their their anger or their fear or their whatever, but there's so much grief expressed there, and we see the the love of God just flowing into those places, and so I think there is something very
1: divine about grief too. Yeah. And, and the fact that God says that he collects our tears and he puts them in bottles, you know, I don't know what all that's going to look like. I just know that when my dad passed away, I, I remember one night going, Oh my gosh, I, I can't imagine how many bottles are being accumulated right now. But I also had this sense of how tender and kind that these tears matter. I feel like I wanted to just say to, to our listeners, like your losses matter, yeah. your grief matters and your tears matter. But maybe a question like, do you feel like they matter? Yeah. And if you don't, did someone tell you that they didn't matter? Mm-hmm. And take a minute to be curious about that. Yeah. And
2: and maybe to be curious about what have you been holding down because it feels like it's too much. And instead of holding it down, can you be curious about the possibility of beginning with maybe one person or maybe even in your journal, naming some of your losses and just sitting with that for a little bit to explore what has the meaning of that been for you? Yeah, it's so important. It feels so important to talk about this. And I think we'll be back on on this topic more. But so good to talk with you about this today. And so glad that you have really helped me also be able to feel like grieving is worthy and safe. And that you have helped me
1: feel safe in my places of grief. So thank you for that. I've been very honored to be a part of, if you listened to last week, I'll just say to be a part of your neural network. Yes, I know.
2: I'm I'm so glad you
1: are. Yeah. Okay. Love you, friend. Love you too.
0: Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. One last thing, if you have found this podcast helpful in any way, or if you have questions on how to take the next steps on your healing journey, please reach out to us via email at candaceshare at gmail.com. That's K-A-N-D-A-C-E-S-H-E-R at gmail.com. Our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Audit Story, LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.